0: RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin.
1: All right, I'll be right there. Hold on. Hey, it's me, Tara Devlin. How's everybody doing? Oh, brother, how are we doing, really? Um, do we need a group hug? I know I do. I need a group hug from the entire group. This is a week. Uh, okay, well, before we begin, um, my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and we're rebroadcast starting Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. That's uh, 6 p.m. Sunday on Progressive Voices, same, same time. And at GDPR Revolution 99, which is another... Small, independent, liberal radio station. It's not really small. There's a lot of shows there. You should check it out. And support. Support RDT Daily. And I always say, uh, you know, we stick together, we win. Uh, that's how we will win. We can't do this without you. So I appreciate you hanging out. And and I appreciate your support. So um, we definitely need your financial support. I hate doing these uh, pleas or whatever, but it is a necessary evil. We don't have the Mercer family. We don't have the Koch brothers. In fact, this is what we're up against. So just like Bernie can do it $27 at a time, I I know that we can do it. And anybody who donates to RDT Daily and this show, basically, when you're donating to RDT Daily, you're donating to the entire network of RDT Daily things that we have going on, which... That's the website, that's the Facebook page, that's, the, that's this show, and other things that are happening, that are coming up. Other writers, you know, the more that you guys contribute, the more we can, we can create content, the more I don't have to work a second job, or a third job, or three uniquely American jobs, and uh, that I can get some sleep. So anybody who donates above twenty or twenty dollars or do- or above will get a grab them by the midterms window cling, with Francis Junior Junior. And I also thought I would break out the 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 evergreen window cling, which is this keep calm and join the resistance, with Francis Junior Junior. Because he's our mascot, and he's fierce. He's fierce. You know, he's a pussy striking back as we have to do and. Um, as you can see by his eyes, he gets very triggered by Republicans like me. So, I'm I'm pretty triggered right now. So, uh yeah, so anyway, so I figured if you guys donate above $20 or above, I'll I'll send these two window clings. I'll send more than two. How's that? We'll get a bunch in there. I appreciate it. So, also the RDT Daily Um, we have, uh, we have new merchandise. Actually, look, I'm wearing a shirt resist with Francis on it. So go to the RDT daily, uh, main website and buy some gifts for yourself and your friends. The more merchandise every day, merchandise, uh, like shirts, mugs, tote bags. There'll be more stuff added all the time, but all of this stuff helps us stay on the air. Okay. I mean, this is what I'm saying. All right. I'm sorry. There's a lot to say. It's annoying. I know. I hate it. I hate doing it. It's, I wish I was rich. I wish my father was rich. You know, if I was a, the daughter of a con man, like Don, Donald Trump, Trump Jr., I wouldn't go around murdering beautiful animals. I would try to make the world a better place. I would do this show and it would not be in my apartment. We'd actually have a studio. We'd, we, it would be, there'd be a lot more people working on it. So anyway, all right. That's why I need you. I'm only human. Unfortunately, I hate being human. Doesn't it suck? It's especially when you have to share the same air with, um, people like Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. And Brett Kavanaugh, I mean, this is what we're going to talk about today. This is what I need to talk about. When I watch that hearing i the the rage, the anger, the uh the 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 despair I, I mean the it's not it's not really despair though. I think it's just I'm just infuriated that we're watching this sham. It's not. It's not the sham that Brett Kavanaugh is talking about. This. This white, white boy, white frat boy meltdown. This. This. uh, This white privilege. Poopy pants. Diaper show that we now we all gotta change the diapers of Brett Kavanaugh because it's his turn, right? He needs he's we're stopping him from being on the Supreme Court. He worked hard at Yale, he worked hard his whole life, but he's a he's an asshole, he's a douchebag. He there is no doubt in my mind that he sexually assaulted Dr. Ford. There is no doubt, they know it, Republicans know it, and they All of the Republicans on the committee know it. All of those who voted to pass him through anyway, even Jeff Flake, who has—well, thank goodness for him. He had a, he had a second of conscience that uh, who the hell knows what happened. He's going to—he voted him through anyway. Regardless, they don't want an F- FBI investigation because they know he's guilty. He, if he wasn't guilty, they would beg for an FBI investigation. Now, imagine— as I've been hearing, I've actually heard Michael Avenatti say – was it Michael Avenatti? I can't remember who it was – who said that um, imagine if the Clintons if, – if it was revealed that, that there was a witness, a third uh, – a witness to Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton having a, a tryst in the White House. There happened to be a staff member there or something. Do you think – that the Republicans would be satisfied with a letter from a lawyer under penalty of felony, under penalty of felony. This is what this judge, judge asshole Kavanaugh keeps saying, under felony, penalty of felony. What the hell is penalty of fel- felony? Put the guy under oath. Get him in there. Subpoena him. You know, it, it doesn't, they sub—they they send out subpoenas like they're running out of, uh, out of time to do so. Whenever Hillary drops an email, right? We, we how many subpoenas went out for Benghazi? 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 Can you imagine the that show that they put on? This this unqualified. I don't care. He can write. He is nothing. Oh, he's so he's such a constitutional scholar. These people just like George Bush. Fit the facts around the policy they fit the law around their agenda, and what the, what 's their agenda dragging us back to the dark ages to times best left in the dung heap of history, concentrating wealth, kick up kick down on we the people, the huddled masses, and in the meantime, to jump up support for this agenda, they will throw the the evangelicals a bone by. Sticking their big, fat Republican noses into women 's private medical decisions, or privacy in general that 's what Roe v Wade was decided on it's it 's about privacy. Does a woman have the autonomy to make her own medical decisions to choose what happens to her own life, to choose when she carries a pregnancy to term? Who the hell are these big government republicans? Who are they to decide when a woman should have a baby? Then they leave these these children all on their own. They don't so how about if you hate abortion, and I've said this a million times, and we this is what we need to continuously propagate because here's the truth. If you don't like abortion then stop blocking family planning. Stop blocking reality-based sex education or living wages and universal health care because these are things that actually reduce the numbers of abortion because abortions don't go down when you limit uh, safe access to abortion. What goes down is the number of women because you kill women. You don't, it's not about, uh, controlling, um, a man's body, right? If, if men, I, mean, I loved when, um, when, uh, what's her name? You know, the hot one, uh, she, where she said, I know it's going to come to me in a second. I keep her forgetting people. I hope this isn't a sign of, I think it's just a sign of being tired, but, uh, I hope it's not a sign of things to come. Like, you know, Alzheimer's or something, but I, uh, you know, um, the hot one on the 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 one who questioned what's his face whatever it doesn't matter, but she but she was saying are, are there any um are there any uh laws in the country that regulate the, a man's body no, there aren't he could Kavanaugh couldn't think of a one, but this was before all these allegations came out, but it's not just the one allegation, and that's not as if that shouldn't be enough, you see. Because Republicans just don't care. Brett Kavanaugh could rape somebody in Macy's window for all to see. And Republicans would still push him forward because they don't give a crap. Look at who their standard bearer is. He, look at the, look at, he's a guy who bragged about sexual assault. Oh, that's just locker room talk. He's got 19 accusers. doesn't matter though, right? How many women? Oh, we need proof. We need proof. They keep crying. These white privileged men, and then I mean, what a disgrace! They talk about this is a disgrace. That uh, because why? Because now there's somebody is bringing um, you know the chickens home to roost on them. That's oh, this is a sham. I've never seen anything like it in the history of all my time in the Senate. Really, have you heard of somebody named Merrick Garland? These bastards. This is what you what happens when you try to play nice with snakes, you see, because President Obama put Merrick Garland forward because he thought that he would be palatable to these fascist bastards, you know, because he was a moderate and even Republicans themselves had said, this is somebody we find acceptable. But no, it's not about playing nice with them. You can't play nice with them. Their civility is gone. That's it. There's not, I mean, they talk about, oh, we should get back to the day. What? Back to when? When? You know, why are we under the thumb of, of the minority of the country? So you have all of these senators that can have, they, they represent populations that are the size of a, a neighborhood on Staten Island telling millions of people who live in the cities that they, we can't have a civilization. And that's what they are. they want. Kavanaugh on the bench. They don't give a crap who he is. And this is how you know. I mean, it's like they. Um, it doesn't matter. They. But this is how stupid Trump is. And so there was. He never. I mean. All right. All right. Calm down. You see me? <laughs> this. I. I I'm. I'm. I gotta really. I need uh, blood pressure, pressure medicine or something. Because. From the minute Kavanaugh stepped in front, this is—I mean, this is the whole Republican Party, though. But from the minute Kavanaugh stepped in front of the country to introduce himself to the national audience, he lied through his teeth, saying that no president ever in the history of the country ran as such an exhaustive search for somebody like him. Because if that was the case, they would have found out what a what a scumbag he was. But it doesn't matter because. They don't care. These are people that run pedophiles. The worst of the worst. The worst human beings on the planet. People who exploit ch- and sexually rape children. This is, they, they, they ran a man who was banned from the goddamn mall as a senator. And Trump, their standard bearer, their sexual predator-in-chief, went out there and said, Get out and vote for Roy Moore. What is this? What is this monotone? Oh, I mean, I hate this. I hate them. I really do. I I can't stand them. And I'm enraged. I'm enraged about this whole situation. So this, this woman comes out as, uh, you know, she's an American hero. And then we have the other side of the coin of what we're up against. This American disgrace. This Kavanaugh character—that uh, his—he has been involved in every dirty trick, every Republican dirty trick for my entire life, for as long as I've been alive. Brett Kavanaugh has been—he's been involved with Bush v. Gore, with uh, Vince, Vince Foster, with with right wing conspiracy theories for adva- for the most vile aspects of this political life this for the things that you know what's his name uh you know boogeyman the lee atwater who he um he had to beg his maker for forgiveness he got cancer he got brain cancer in his 40s and you know that's a devastating diagnosis Uh, all right well imagine if you don't have health care you don't have access to health care that's another story right but don't worry. I'm sure he, uh, what's his face? Lee Atwater. I just saw my hair sticking up. Um, Lee Atwater had, uh, had great care, I'm sure. Right. While he was working to ensure that nobody else, uh, that, that healthcare isn't a right, you know, it's a privilege, but, um, on his deathbed, because he had this diagnosis, he, he realized that, uh, he had lived a shitty life. He had been a scumbag, and he had played dirty tricks on the opposition, and he had poisoned the political discourse in this country. He had, he had poisoned the body politic. He had inflicted this—they they never before were—I uh, mean, yes, we've always had disgusting, dirty tricks happening in politics, of course, but— Lee Atwater was the master and they had no, they had no standards. I mean, th- I guess now we're looking at Lee Atwater standards with nostalgia, right? So he's the one that was like, you know, N-word, 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 you know, now you say the N-word, th- then you say force busing and, you know, th- this is what they, they, they deliberately worked to tear this country apart at the seams, so they could exploit. It's like I, I think of Game of Thrones. They they would burn this country to the gra- ground if they could be the uh, king of the ashes, and that's that's what they're doing. That's what they they don't care that this, this country is at each other's throats with racial div- divis- divisiveness and classism, sexism, racism. It doesn't matter. Homophobia. Let us let the huddled masses rip each other apart. This is how you know they hate this country. They love America. Well, let me ask you, you know, because I heard a lot on the, when the, these filthy Republicans first, of course, they in this hearing they had to have a woman question a woman because they can't help but say something that is, they say, insensitive because they, they don't have any sensitivity. They hate women, okay? And then if that second half, the Kavanaugh— Part of the hearing when they all got up there, they fired the woman and got on their their soapboxes of victimization and aggrievement, uh, cheering Kavanaugh and 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 joining his pity party. Right. So, I mean, um, they uh, they showed you what what they are. They don't like women. They don't like democracy. They don't want women these dumb bitches getting in the way of their power that's what they're pissed off about they and this is why they hate democracy and why they're, they're dismantling it do you think they want to go through this ever again they they don't want to go through this they just want to like Brett Kavanaugh he just wants his seat on the supreme court that's his it was promised to him his little girl cried pray let's pray for the woman let's pray yeah you know what honey i'm sorry i'm sure your daddy isn't is a nice daddy to you but he he it was a he was a vicious vile frat boy and a angry drunk and that's what he was and he who disrespected women and he disrespects women so much to this day that he wants to control our bodies so you know uh Uh, I hope you don't get pregnant when you're older, but but don't worry, because I'm sure daddy will take care of it for you because it's never been a matter of whether rich white women could get abortions. It's always the underclass and people who don't have access to, to power. So, um, whatever. I can't believe what's happening. I'm just checking. Just checking what's happening all over this. Let me see. Something signed me out. Uh, I'll do that in a minute. Are we on the air? That's what I want to know. All right. Well, anyway, while I'm checking this, I just want to say my name is Tara Devlin. Guys, thank you for hanging out every week. Uh, I'm really pissed off today, so it's really good that you... uh, (laughs) I'm looking at the... Fe- get it out, Tara. <laughs> thank you. Sin City Envy, thank you. You guys are so funny. And at it, this... It, yeah, let it out, girl. I need... I really need to... I try to take this boxing class on Mondays. I need to get my ass there and beat the shit out of a bag. <laughs> and I'm not talking about some old bag. I'm talking about a bag. But, um... Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, see. All right. Here's the other thing. So they, the, the, the Senate. Right. Um, they. This is how much Republicans hate democracy. They see. They saw. They still. They saw what we saw. They saw a privileged little frat boy get up there and lie to our faces. Because when they're when they're lying to the face of the Senate, they're lying to our faces. But they don't care. You see, that's, to them, that is a stepping stone to power. You should be able to lie and lie with a straight face. You should be able to pass a lie detector test. You should be a sociopath. You should be a, 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 a predator out for yourself. They're not in it for altruism. So he gets up there and lies about Not only did he lie under oath before, he should, the the performance that we saw this week is evidence that he shouldn't even be on the, uh, he shouldn't be on the D.C. circuit that he's on now, much less the Supreme Court, because he lied under oath, and then he lied about his yearbook entries. How stupid does he think we are, because, but that says, that's, how much disdain he has for us, as, as we, you know, we the people. He has that's he he has disdain for an equal branch of government, the Senate, whose constitutionally subscribe ascribed role or whatever is this, yeah whatever is um advise and consent. He has no respect for that process at all because that's his. You see, we're getting in the way. Of his privilege, of his what he was promised, give the devil his due. You see, he had a lot of plans. He was going to concentrate wealth even further. He was going to entrench oligarchy and and put bitches back where they belong and kick us all off of Obamacare. Forget pre-existing conditions. Sucks to be you. You don't you don't want to die prematurely. You want to go and get health care when you get cancer, well. Too bad sucker, you should have went to Georgetown prep. you should have been born rich. you should have been a frat boy. you should have been in his fraternity, you know, in the Renata alumni or something or the f Fourth of July. This is what a liar he is, so they take these see because he painted himself as this um you know, he was a saint that walked among us while, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. There was like, there was so many conflicting messages. He likes beer and he was trying to be uh, like Animal House and uh, Porky's and whatnot. This is what he was saying. But so which is it? You're a frat boy. You're a church going, uh, you know, you're just a piece of shit. That's what you are. You're a freaking chameleon who'll do anything and say anything to sidle up to power. And if that means your parents, you know, your parents probably had one picture of you. Your frat boy friends had another, your football team had another, you know, and, but, uh, Dr. Ford has another, you know, when you push somebody from behind and then you put your hand over their mouth and turn up the music to drown out their screams, what does that say? And then you spend your life on when you, okay, you're, you know, you made a mistake. You are a drunken asshole. Um, no, I don't think I knew a lot of drunks, you know, I mean, we all drank as teenagers and I'm in recovery now. But, you know, um, not all of the boys that I knew uh, were rapists. Uh, OK, I mean, but there is a, a level of privilege, I suppose, in the asshole contingent where they think you're just nothing. You're a you're just a piece of meat. To be exploited, especially a fifteen-year-old. So, this dr- these drunken assholes see this young girl walk up the stairs. Ha ha ha! This is watch this. It's so much fun. Push. Ha ha. And then they jump on top of her. And obviously, he was trying to show off. And in fact, actually, I have this. Um, where is it? This woman from CNN, one of his contemporaries who w- went to school with him and drank with him. A, f- a woman, a girl at the time. Uh, refute says that while he was giving his testimony there were the 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 classmates of Kavanaugh were exchanging emails and messages about what a what a liar he was so let's let let me play this
2: Lynn joins me now by phone Lynn can you hear me
3: I can Chris thanks
2: Lynn full disclosure we've spoken before I wanted you to come on you said you didn't want to weren't comfortable with it, too much pressure. But then you watched today, and you changed your mind. Why?
3: I'll tell you, Chris, I watched the whole hearing, and a number of my Yale colleagues and I were extremely disappointed uh, in Brett Kavanaugh's characterization of himself and the way that he evaded his excessive drinking questions. There is no doubt in my mind That while at Yale, he was a big partier, often drank to excess, and there had to be a number of nights where he does not remember. In fact, I was witness to the night that he got tapped into that fraternity, and he was stumbling drunk in a ridiculous costume saying really dumb things. And I can almost guarantee that there's no way that he remembers that night. And it's unfair that he kept flipping the questions to, but I studied real hard, but I played sports. All of us in that circle played sports. In fact, both Liz Swisher and I played two sports. We were on varsity in both sports and were starters. And drinking to excess was the big thing on Saturday night. So it wasn't every night. It was one night. And it's just really disappointing. There were a lot of emails and a lot of texts flying around about how he was lying to the Senate Judiciary Committee today. All
2: right, so, Lynn, let's give him the benefit of all possible doubt, right? Let's take the lowest minimum standard of what he has to own. What if he says, I was only talking about in high school. In college, it was totally different. Then I, I blacked out all the time. I drank Texas all the time. I shouldn't have done it. But in high school, never. Would you believe that? You weren't with him in high school.
3: no. But the Ralph Club, the 100 kegs, those aren't, and weak stomach, that's not a weak stomach question. Those are, look, I don't have anything in my yearbook, but if I had stuff in my yearbook, it would be about partying.
2: So when you heard that today, you felt that the picture that he painted of himself is false.
3: I felt when I saw his Fox News interview that that picture was false. He then took that testimony and submitted it as is in the record to the Judiciary Committee. Mm -hmm. And I thought today that he evaded questions and he kept trying to turn the question around to, but I studied really hard. Well, you know what? I studied hard, too. I went to Wharton Business School. I did very well at Yale. I also drank to excess many nights with Hmm. Brett Kavanaugh the two things are not mutually exclusive
2: now Chris Dudley of Yale and NBA fame or certainly he's known for playing in the NBA uh, he painted a different picture of Kavanaugh he was a high integrity character judge for Judge Kavanaugh what do you make of his assessment why so different from yours
3: I can tell you I didn't go to as many parties with Chris Dudley, but I do remember one party in particular where both Brett and Chris Dudley were very drunk. And they thought it would be really funny to barge into a, girl, into a room where a guy and girl had gone off together and embarrassed that woman. Chris Dudley was, I believe, the one that went in under the egging on of Brett Kavanaugh, and they thought it was funny. The girl was mortified, and I was furious. So I'm not sure he's the best character witness.
1: Well, and you, we all know a a Brett Kavanaugh, somebody like him, and that's the, the, the for him to paint a picture of himself as this. I mean, we also know people that that were choir boys that didn't get involved with frats and fraternities and drinking and acting like douchebags that were all about studying and churching and whatever the hell they did. Right. I mean, I didn't hang out with frat assholes, but I hung out with people that drank, but not all. I mean, I don't know any of the boys that I hung out with were rapists. I mean, who the hell knows though, but I did know of assholes in the school. Right. I mean, we all know these assholes, these frat boy football playing handsy, assholes who think the world owes them something. And what I saw when Brett Kavanaugh got out there, I mean, what uh, f- what a show for a, an audience of one. You see, that's this is another thing that Trump has done to this country. He the, he's defiled this country for for by turning politics into ju- another reality TV show for liars. Because he played a, a successful businessman on reality TV, he was never a successful businessman. He just acted like one. And now Brett Kavanaugh, you know, he tried the Fox News route. And first of all, the other thing is, why is a, a judge going to Fox News? You see, there's the, the, we've gone gone is the appearance you of of uh, of of um, partisanship, right? Like we, the, there was a time when judges didn't want to give the the hint that they were partisan at all of course everybody has an opinion we're only human but there was at a time when there were standards for judges where but not anymore they this Republicans have poisoned that too they they don't represent the people they don't uh it's about power it's ultimately about destroying democracy and that and they're being and they have been very successful at it why because Democrats, normal people, independents who lean democratic, we haven't we haven't been forceful enough. We have goodness, morality, and the right side of history on our side. Yet, we're for for far too long. We've brought a strongly worded email to a gun battle. While there, I guess on some level, you know, we just couldn't imagine that uh that fellow Americans would be so hostile to the the grand experiment in liberal democracy that this is really their ultimate goal there was ne- there hasn't been a legitimate republican president since Eisenhower we know that and Eisenhower was probably one of the last republicans that that loved the country where who understood that we're in this together. When, when the when the special interests that run the Republican Party were out to destroy Social Security, he called them stupid. Uh, he he bragged in in the nineteen fifty four Republican Party platform. The Republicans bragged about expanding unemployment and expanding the Social Security rolls. There was a time, not impl- and also expanding the union union uh, participation. So where the hell are those Republicans? I guess they call themselves independents nowadays because the Republicans that we see, these Trumpansies, are really uh, they're not they're not Republicans. They're fascists, and they're not even they they are hostile to the what we're doing. They're hostile to democracy, and. How do we know that? What I mean, Because here's the thing. The, on When I was watching this hearing, they they talked about Brett Kavanaugh. He loves this country. What the hell does he love? I'm so sick of this. He loves this country. These Republicans are always talking about how freaking patriotic they are. They love this country. What does Brett Kavanaugh love about this country? He certainly doesn't love uh, 99% of the population because what does he do? He had to convince us. If you have to convince us so hard, you gotta tap dance so hard about how much you love women. What is um? You think we're that stupid? Because you have daughters, because you drive a a, a carpool to a you coach soccer. I mean, honestly, we should really look into that too. What what is he doing around all these young girls? Uh, you know what I mean? He's never been. There's no indication that he's ever been on the side of women's rights, women's advancement. Oh, he has all women around him as law cl- clerks. Um maybe he's just a pervert. Uh, and they uh, apparently they said that the the law clerks that they sent to him had to look a certain way and dress a certain way, sort of like what Trump. I mean, if they love women so much, why is the makeup of the Senate judiciary Judici- I can't talk judiciary committee on the Republican side the same as it was in 1991 when they questioned Anita Hill. they still and now I heard actually somebody on uh, what's her face? Uh, well, somebody on on MSNBC who works for George Bush say Nicole Wallace say that uh, George Bush still, this is um, junior, or maybe it's senior. Who knows? Because he's he's a pervert too. Apparently, George Bush can't keep his hands to himself either. But this is this is what they think is their birthright. They uh, that he doesn't believe, um, uh, you know, Anita Hill. He still he doesn't believe her. Yeah, because she's why would she lie? Well, and that's the thing. Um, it's so hard to believe that uh, this pig would you, when a woman goes to. Um, take a job because, uh, Anita Hill loved, she, apparently she loved her work at the EEOC. She was there to help people and advance their rights. And she had to put up with this boss that continuously asked her on dates. And when she refused, he turned hostile and started to her and harassed her, uh, and this is what they call grooming. It's, there's no difference between the, uh, that and the pedophiles who groom their victims. This is just another form of it. They're grooming, so he's showing her pornography and and bringing up sex in every con- Oh, who put this uh, pubic hair on my Coke can? That became a focal point. But this was all about him getting a reaction from her, throwing hooks in the water, seeing if she'll take the bait, and... He, there he sits on the Supreme Court, still to this day, deciding over our rights as women. And this is what pisses me off. Now we have this Republican bastard who's, uh, they, they would put him through anyway. And the FBI, uh, what was he so afraid of? If you were innocent, w- wouldn't you want the FBI to clear your name? To, you would take a lie detector test. He doesn't want to take one. Because he is guilty. That's why. He, but the, and he got in there with the crying and the slamming the table. You know, as they, as the saying goes, if you don't have the truth, if you have the truth on your side, slam the truth into the table. If you have the law on your side, slam the law into the table. If you don't have the truth, all the law on your side, slam the table. And that's what he did. And what I watched and what everybody watched, what I, and I was watching this white privilege frat boy meltdown, it was, he was pissed off that he, it would, he, there were consequences. Fine. It was, it reminded me of my nephews or whatever. Not that they're assholes, they're not. But when they were babies or little or toddlers, you know, when they wouldn't get their way, the, the, what would go on, they would push and push and push and try different tactics. And uh, then, when they didn't, when it wasn't going their way, they would cry, and then sometimes they would they would just go silent. This is what he did. It, it reminded me of that so much, but that's why he was upset. He wasn't upset. Oh, my family, my life is ruined, and your life is ruined. Um, what about the life that you left, your victim? Right? There's no. And and the fact is, he's unfit to hold a leadership position. Especially if he did this, uh, especially, but even if he didn't, because he's a liar and he lied under oath. But especially if he did it and there's no, there's no, um, there's no, uh, you know, remorse about it. Obviously he's attacking. oh, Oh, I don't doubt that something didn't happen to her. But what they're saying is that she's a kook. She's a nut. Did she, did she seem like a kook or a nut? Not to me. She seemed Pretty well, uh, you know, a, a pretty much like an expert. And the fact is, if you're attacked, that's she knows all about the workings of the brain. That this memory is seared into her hippocampus, as she says, remembering the laughter. And perhaps because he's a drunken frat boy, this is just another day at the office for him. Well, maybe he didn't remember because he's a drunk. But they, the arrogance, the disdain for the Senate and by by extension th- to the people the disdain t- of the American people because we voted to put those Democrats in office to question this this frat boy and the and it's the entire disdain that the Republican party shows for democracy the fact that they stopped Merrick garland from being on the bench even though we elected a president two times with two landslide elections it, who won a popular vote. Now we have how many, how many justices are, are have to be on the Supreme Court that are appointed by Republican presidents who got there by hook and by crook, who did not, who did not win the majority of votes. So you have uh, – it's really a third of the court now. From George Bush to this to to Trump to a, a traitor. That's the other thing. He's an effing traitor, and they they finagled that supreme that Supreme Court seat when it should have belonged to Merrick Garland, and they and Merrick Garland. I'm sure because he was such a centrist, would have we would be pissed off at him for whatever he would be a moderate. He who the hell knows what he would have done, but this we know that that, uh, you know, that Brett Kavanaugh, he's, we know who he is, know them by their fruits. We know that he a hundred percent of the time votes against the little guy votes for power and just his, the way that he is, there's uh, these, um, positions that he takes that are so outside the norm there. He is such a fascist and, uh, you know, it is dangerous. He's on top of it. His, meltdown if that it doesn't show you that after the fact after he lied to the senate's face p- pooped his diapies could you imagine hillary doing that they sat hillary in front of them for for 13 hours and she didn't even break a sweat and this moron gets in there and as far as i know right we all saw him raise his hand and say i swear the hell tell the Truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth—that's under oath. And then he goes to lie about these little things, because he's a—he's a liar who disdains this country. What do you when you love this country? What do you love about it? There's nothing you love when you're lying to our face. It's the same thing I say about Paul Ryan. That guy got up in front when he accepted the VP uh, slot on the Republican ticket that year. And he got up in front of the country, I couldn't believe it, He and gave the most lie-riddled speech in American history. And that didn't end his career. That shows you, back then I remember writing about it, that, that it, he, that should have been the end of his career. If this was a functioning democracy, somebody who gets up to take the second highest executive position in the land and uh, gives such a, a speech— filled with such obvious lies then and 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 is promoted that's his uh, th- that's his job interview that's his he's introducing himself to the american people with a pack of partisan lies that goes to show you how much republicans hate democracy they hate the people they know and they and they also <clears throat> they also count on the ignorance of the people and i see on online now, there are some people defending Kavanaugh. You know, there's no—it doesn't matter. Uh, this is the thing that pisses me off about Republicans, too. It's like you're—and this is why I can't deal with them. I don't I don't like talking to them. I, I don't like sharing the same air with them. That they—it doesn't matter how many times you point out reality to them. They will just continuously repeat the lie. It's the same thing. They say, oh, all the people that came forward— um, that Dr. Cav- that Dr. Ford, um, s- asks, uh to corroborate her story, have negated it. That is not effing true. But they keep repeating it everywhere. And and actually, I saw this morning on AM Joy. I wonder if I have that. Do I have? Oh yeah, this is how. Jo- this is how we should all shut down. And this is why I like Joy Reid because she doesn't let these these mothers, efforts get away with their lies.
4: So. Um, so, but I want to go to Carrie Sheffield, because there are, there are Republican women, uh, and you're one of them. And, and you know, I've talked, I was talking with a, a couple of Republican, uh, you know, strat uh, friends over the last couple of days who had very different takes. One take was this was disastrous and that it's gonna collapse support for the Republican party among particularly independent women who are just gonna be horrified by that snarling visage, the self-pity, the, the, the weeping. It just, it seems so self-pitying. It almost seemed like Donald Trump nominated himself. Um, and then I spoke with another strategist who said, no, the base actually loved that performance and felt like he got at it, he and Lindsey Graham got at the unfairness that Republicans feel this whole thing represented. Where do you fall on that, uh, on that spectrum? Well, I really got to take issue with what
5: John Harwood just said because I didn't hear a single phrase that boys will be boys. What I heard was that facts will be facts. And at the end of the day, facts are much more important than feelings. I believe in due process, I believe that what happened in that hearing was a fundamental miscarriage of justice, that there is zero evidence of this sort of behavior, that if you look at the eyewitnesses who supposedly were in the room, not only for this uh, Dr. Ford, but all the others as well, every single supposed eyewitness has refutely That's not true. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not
4: true. No, 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 hold on, hold on. on. I just want to make sure that we don't get anything out into the public consciousness that isn't true. Um, None of the people who were placed in the room said it didn't happen. In fact, one said she doesn't remember, but it wouldn't have been remarkable to her to be at a party with these people. She just says she doesn't remember, but that she believes uh-huh. Dr. Ford. There isn't a single person who's been placed in that room other than Mark Judge who doesn't want to testify. He said, I don't want anything to do with it. He just denied it. So that's just, I don't want to make that clear. Now you can go on. So, well, Joy, what we
5: saw, we can't look in isolation. The reason that Judge Kavanaugh was so upset is this is a pattern. So John McCain, who just passed away, may he rest in peace. In 2008, the Democrats made him out to be the great Satan. John but, Lewis said that he was a... No. Wait, wait, wait,
4: wait, wait. wait. Uh, I, wait. It's, it's I don't, just, think, I don't is, think Democrats, I, I, I actually worked on the other side of that campaign. I, I, we have two yeah, people yeah. at this table who worked on the campaign. I mean, Karine Jean-Pierre at a much higher level than me, let's just be clear, but um, there was never any demonization of there John were. McCain. There I, was I, a, plenty I, of demonization of Barack uh, Obama, Trump. though, that he wasn't an American, including the guy who was president of the United States and said wait. he wasn't even born here. So that didn't happen. I just don't no, want you to I, get I out I anything that isn't true. Wait, once you say it on TV, people will believe it. So I don't want you to say things that aren't true. Let's
5: look up the Facts and see that John Lewis, for example, said that John McCain. Are you going to accuse John
4: hate? Lewis of smearing someone
5: because John Lewis? I'm is saying a, is a that this is a pattern of smears against Republicans that date back. What did John Lewis ever smear anyone? Okay, let's we Hold on a second.
4: Wait, hold on. No, no, no. John Lewis. John Lewis. You mean Edmund Pettus Bridged John no, Lewis. I'm saying anyone.
5: that he called he called John McCain in 2008 someone who stirs hate. What does and that have to do with Brett Kavanaugh? I'm saying that this is a pattern. This is a pattern of oh, smearing okay. and personal attacks that okay. happened against Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is a Boy Scout, and he was made
4: to be a saint, forty-seven percent of the
1: country are deadbeats. But I don't think it was what? a smear to play it. He, hold he on, hold, hold on, hold on. We can't have one good. person talk on an eight-person panel. I- it's like right-wing freakout Tourette's, and that's what that—that's what Kavanaugh had. But 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 you see, Joy Reid, she's great. She just shuts him down. That's what they should all do. When I watch other other panelists or other. Pundits, they don't do that. But Joy Reid, she knows her shit, and she doesn't let them get away with it. And that's what we all have to do. We need to jump in when these morons are spreading their lies. That's not true. That all of the uh, witnesses or whatever, the people that that she has, that Doctor Ford has asked to corroborate her story. That's not true. That they haven't. Um, that they that they've negated it. It's not. They said that they don't remember that, uh, her assaults because they, first of all, they weren't, um, th- it was a non eventful eventful pre-party apparently. So it was one of those, uh, everybody was just hanging out. They weren't assaulted. The person who was in the room, who Dr. Ford names is a, is Brett Kavanaugh's best friend as Trump is always whining about, uh, Comey and Mueller, Mueller are best friends, right? But that's who she names. She, it's not her best friend. It's uh, its his because she knows, he knows. They all know that he did it. They don't care. They want somebody that's going to get in there and be a reliable vote against democracy, against we the people. You like your health care you, and you can keep it? Uh, Republicans are all, they whine. Oh, well, Obama said, if I like my insurance, I can keep my insurance. You know, my shitty insurance that uh, when I get to the emergency room, it says they, I, they don't cover anything. The one that can kick me off when I get sick. That's the one you want to keep because you hate yourself so much. You hate yourself uh, and you have Stockholm syndrome. You know, but guess what? You like your uh, pre-existing condition coverage. And you and you can keep it. You're not gonna keep it. The way that the first Kavanaugh does not believe in health care as a right. Uh, we know this from his past. Uh, there is precedent. We know that he's a misogynist. We know he is a faux Christian, uh, pa- you know, patriarchal asshole who wants to stick his big Republican nose into our business, into the into the business of uh, somebody's family. They want to tell you what to do, but then they, because they want you nice, you know, you, th- this is the thing though. You shouldn't have babies. You shouldn't have, not babies. You shouldn't be having sex. That's what it's about to the evangelicals. If you, you need to face the consequences. They don't want women free to, they want men to be frat boys and you know, be able to rape you because what was what was she doing at a party with boys drinking a beer. She I mean, she should have been raped in their eyes. That she's lucky and in fact we I I when I had this last week there was a guy <laughs> I wonder if I still have it one of these evangelicals saying that um you know he he respectfully got off of her when <laughs> She went, you know, she said no. And, um, let me see if I still have it. And so he respected that. No, I don't have it. Shit. Fred. No, 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 no. Maybe I do. Hold on, guys. This is what you've got to put up with when you watch the show. Oh, yeah. Here it
6: is. Frank Franklin Graham. Did I? Uh, hold on the sexual assault allegation against Judge Kavanaugh saying the confirmation needs to move forward. Do you think the Senate should disregard this accusation?
7: I don't think you'd uh, disregard it. I think uh, they're going to have to, no question, uh, listen to it. But uh, this accusation, I guess, was with uh, Senator Feinstein uh, weeks ago. So I think they've pulled it out here at the 11th hour uh, for all political purposes. And it's, it's just a shame that A person like uh, Judge Kavanaugh who has a stellar record uh, that somebody can bring something up that he did when he was a teenager close to 40 years ago. Uh, That's not relevant. Uh, We've got to look at a person's life and what they've done as an adult and are they qualified for this position. So this is just an attempt to smear him. Uh, They couldn't find anything uh, else uh, in his record. And so this is just an attempt to smear him and just smear his name and put a a, a black uh, dot on it. And I hope the Senate is smarter than this, and they're not going to let this uh, uh, stop the process from moving forward and confirming this man.
6: What kind of message do you think it sends to sexual abuse victims uh, when they're told that it's not relevant, something that happened years ago?
7: Well, there there, there wasn't a crime that was committed. Uh, These are two teenagers, uh, and uh, and it's obviously she said no, and uh, he respected it, and uh, walked away. Uh, if that's the case. But he says that he didn't do it. He just flat out says that's just not true. So,
1: so there you go. Well, he respected her and walked away. Yeah, well, after there, he, uh, Judge, apparently toppled them over. Perhaps he was trying to get in on it or who knows what happened. And she escaped uh, and hid in the bathroom until they drunkenly ping-ponged off the wall and went down the stairs. And I was just seeing on my phone that uh, Trump is actually sticking his big fat Republican nose into the FBI investigation, telling the FBI who they can and cannot interview. So the fix is in. You see this? How is this the FBI uh, able to conduct an investigation when you have fascist uh, liars? Uh, Trump is a liar. We know this. He's a prolific liar. He's a con man. Um telling the fbi how to do their job and republicans don't care this is how much they hate democracy do you see what's happening this is why republicans i have said it for years and i didn't know honestly how true it was i i never imagined how bad it could get how quickly but i guess that was my naivete but that i've said for years that republicans are unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation they are morally mentally and spiritually unfit they they hey they can run uh you know a good clan rally but a, a modern nation with women and uh people at the uh, having to share power and um, unions and a decent middle class life then yeah in equal protection under the law and uh, i mean i can go on but they don't like that kind of country. What they want, is, well, I mean, we know what Trump wants. He wants an authoritarian dictatorship with him at the top. George Bush made jokes about that, but many truths are said in jest. Remember when George Bush said, uh, this would be a hell of a lot easier if I was a dictator, just as long as I'm the dictator. Uh, they're not kidding. They are not kidding. They don't like this democracy. They So Trump wants the illusion of an FBI investigation just like Republicans want the, the illusion of democracy, but not the results. They don't want to know what happened. They don't give a shit. They want somebody on the court that when we pass universal health care is going to say it's unconstitutional and somehow fix the facts around the policy. That's what, what, what Clarence Thomas does. Well, he doesn't do it himself. He just follows the – he used to follow Scalia. But that's what Scalia did. That's what he was a master at. That's what you why you could look at Scalia's decisions, and you can find uh, something for everyone there. He, he would pick and choose, and that's what they do. They just – they take the law, and they whip it into they, – they ride it and, and manipulate it to their – to their, uh, you know, to their ends, and they're not there to advance democracy, to advance your rights, to help you have a decent middle class life, to lay the groundwork, a social safety net that enables us to, for people to have one job, to have a nice retirement, to go on a vacation now and then, to you know, make some art, to go to the movies, to enjoy their lives. They want you working, uh, and so, and so tired and not involved in politics. So you you just do whatever, whatever they tell you to do. And if, you know, if you're, if things aren't working, go have a GoFundMe page, go beg a billionaire. If you need cancer treatment, go, maybe you can have a bake sale. You know what I mean? If next time, oh, well go with die and Jesus will welcome you into a mansion when you're dead. But in this life, they got it covered. It's all for them. The earthly rewards, leave it to them, all right? So, but this is what Trump is up to. White House is. Uh, this is on uh, NBC News. The White House is limiting the scope of the FBI investigation into sexual misconduct allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Now, okay, here we go. This is our this is our new fight. Our uh, the fight never stops. We this has to. Uh, be, um, this is unacceptable. We have to do something about this. This has to be stopped. And I, I called my senators, they're both Democrats, so I called them and went nuts on them. Like, if you don't rally the troops, uh, my senator is Chuck Schumer and uh, Christian, Kristen Gillibrand, but Chuck Schumer is the leader of the Senate. I was like, if you don't find a spine at this time and rally the rest of the Democrats and find – I know it's going to be hard, but find some normal Republicans to oppose this liar. Now, we're supposed to believe that he uh, – Renata alumni – because he was – he liked – it was a respectful homage to this girl that do, knew nothing about it. they They uh, – and we know that these frat boys were being vile little pigs, and I don't like to insult pigs either. And, uh, the, where is these others? Oh, there's so many. Oh, it's almost time for the break. I, I mean, I wanted to go into Lindsey Graham's tirade, his white. Uh, first of all, the, uh, let me just say, um, Lindsey Graham, he says, I know I'm uh, a white, a, a, uh, single white male from Southern, from, from South Carolina. He, uh, um. He's gay. All right. Uh, there is a, it's an open secret, not the All right. Allegedly. I don't know. I don't know the man, but it is an open secret. He apparently has a long-term partner and he's just a closet case, another self-loathing closet case. And oh, 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 I like Republicans, you know, they lack the courage to live an authentic life. And imagine if you're that, if you're Lindsey Graham's partner, and he just, you're just invisible to the world. They, do, I guess you don't, you have to have no dignity. It's sort of like Ted Cruz's wife to get into bed with Ted Cruz after Ted Cruz after um, Ted Cruz kisses Trump's ass after she, he tweets out a picture of her saying that she's ugly and. Ted Cruz um, sleeps next to his wife. The wife crawls into bed with him. Um, there, there's, some, there, there's something wrong, and it's just another example of why they're unfit to hold leadership positions. They need to be in therapy. There's too much time taken trying to run this country. It's, they, it's over their heads. They can't deal with it. They need help. They need to just take a rest and go get the help that they need rather than inflict their manias on this country. All right. So Ron Pocone is going to call in in the second hour, and he can help me through this crisis. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so guys, buy some shirts, buy some mugs. Buy, it's good stuff. I, I'm wearing it. I, wa- I bought the stuff because I wanted to, of course, promote it, but I wanted to f- feel how good it was. And it's these are American apparel, apparel shirts, so they're really soft, and they're made in America, so that's good, right? And there's Francis, Francis' picture. But there's others without Francis, and there's different topics, and they're, of course they're all for normal people. So help this uh, site and help the show by wearing some actually really cool swag. And All right, so I'm going to take a break. I don't know. I wish I didn't have to, but because they have a lot of clips, too. I guess we can play them with Ron, and we can all discuss it. And when we come back, Ron Placone's going to be on the phone. And uh, so it'll be set about seven minutes. There'll be a Green News report and a labor history. And I'm going to get some tea and take a breath. And we'll be right back with Tara Buster. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you on the other side. <laughs>
0: Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report.
8: Even if the Waccamaw River crests on Tuesday, as predicted, the floodwaters may not recede for days, even weeks.
6: Nope, the impacts from Hurricane Florence ain't over yet. And, yep, new evacuations are underway in South Carolina. As predicted, Florence flooding spills toxic coal ash waste. National TV media Failed to connect the dots between the storm's impact and climate change. As predicted. Plus, The Republicans are
8: really, really nervous about an eight-member court delivering some liberal victories.
6: Endangered species hang in the balance as Republicans rush their nominee onto the Supreme Court.
0: All of those stories and more straight ahead. From BradBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
6: Thousands Thousands of dead fish have been left along I 40 in the aftermath of Hurricane Florence. Huh.
0: Wonder what's holding up the plague of locusts? This is your Green News Report. I'm
3: gonna soak up the sun.
0: Okay, Tessie Doyen, we're now. Uh, About a week and a half past landfall of Florence and still new evacuations going on in the Carolinas.
6: Yep, rivers are continuing to crest in South Carolina now with authorities in Georgetown County urging thousands of residents to prepare to evacuate ahead of historic flooding that could last for weeks. And to add insult to injury, Florence's receding floodwaters have left behind thousands of rotting dead fish creating an awful stench on Interstate 40 in North Carolina. Why Also in North Carolina, as predicted, a coal ash waste dump owned by Duke Energy was breached by floodwaters and spilled into the Cape Fear River. Duke Energy says its initial testing, conducted by its in-house lab, indicate that the discharge into the Cape Fear River, quote, shows a slight increase in contamination but well below permitted regulatory limits with little to no impact on river water quality. Well, if
0: Duke Energy's own internal study says everything's fine, why worry?
6: North Carolina environmental groups recorded gray sludge on the riverbanks and in the water and say they're awaiting results of independent testing.
0: Moreover, heavy metals, toxins, mercury, arsenic, all kinds of things were found in the Cape Fear River downstream from this coal ash pit. The parts per million were some three times higher than the water tested upstream of the coal ash pit.
6: In July, the Trump administration rolled back Obama-era coal ash waste rules that would have limited the risk of these predictable spills. Although scientists say that climate change intensified Florence's effects, national TV news outlets failed to incorporate that into their hurricane coverage. According to a Media Matters analysis, ABC News did not mention climate at all during its Florence coverage. CBS, PBS, CNN and MSNBC did at times connect Florence's extremes with climate change, but did so less than they did during their coverage of Hurricane Harvey last year.
0: I have no idea what it's going to take at this point.
6: Meanwhile, in Washington, the Trump administration Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration on Monday rolled back Obama-era safety rules designed to prevent explosions of trains that haul oil. The rules would have required trains carrying oil and other flammable materials to install special brakes and other safety features, but the administration said a new analysis found the cost of the rule to the industry outweighed the benefits.
0: Making America great again. I'm sorry, making oil trains ex- Explode again.
6: Republicans are desperately trying to ram through confirmation of D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Brett Kavanaugh, Donald Trump's scandal plagued anti environment nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court, before voters have their say in the crucial November midterm elections. But at stake is more than just control of Congress. As Slate's legal reporter Mark Joseph Stern explained on a recent broadcast, the court is currently divided four to four. And in a new session that begins on October First, is a new case that is very important to the logging, mining, and drilling industries.
8: There's one case that the Conservatives plainly want to use sort of hobble the Environmental Protection Agency by interpreting the Endangered Species Act in a really cramped and limited way. And I think the Republican Party wants their fifth man on the bench to cast the tie-breaking vote and deliver conservative victories in all of those
6: cases. Some good news. A federal appeals court has ordered the Environmental Protection Agency to immediately enforce an Obama-era chemical plant safety rule that the Trump administration had tried to delay. The risk management program rule was put in place by the Obama administration after the deadly West Texas fertilizer explosion in 2013.
0: Man, we are so lucky that the courts are, at least for now, still holding the line.
6: And finally, Cleveland, Ohio, has become the latest major city in the United States to commit to 100% renewable electricity by 2050. They join more than 80 U.S. cities that have committed to get all of their electricity from renewable sources. In Ohio, that might be easier said than done. But it's a start.
0: For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate.
9: I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. Would you be willing to stand up in solidarity with your fellow workers, even if it cost you your job? Well, on this day in labor history, the workers at Mercy Docks and Harbor Company in Liverpool, England, answered that question. The year was 1995. 329 Mercy dock workers refused to cross a picket line that was being walked against another company on the docks. The workers at Torside had been fired for protesting against erosions in job security and increasingly unpredictable scheduling. They were speaking out against the casualization of their labor. When the Mersey dock workers would not cross the Torside picket line, they too were fired. Dock workers across the world stood up in solidarity with the Mersey workers against this unjust treatment. They knew if it could happen in Liverpool, it might happen anywhere. Pickets sprung up from Norway to Japan, from Australia to Italy, and into the United States. It was a global outpouring of solidarity. The strike wore on for 850 days. One year into the strike, dock workers held an international day of action in support of the Liverpool workers. Finally, two and a half years after they were fired, the dock workers agreed to a settlement. They did not get their jobs back, but they did get severance pay. A film was made about the struggle. The proceeds were used to purchase a bar in Liverpool. It is known as the Dockers' Pub and has become a space for working class organizing. The International Dock Workers Council was also born from this strike. Today, the council has 90,000 members, a lasting movement of solidarity. 20 years after the strike, dock workers from across the world gathered in Liverpool to remember the struggle. Labor History and Two, brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show.
1: Here I am. Okay, good. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. I see we have a very lively crowd tonight, and I appreciate it. I saw that uh, one of our regulars had to drop off because she couldn't take the... She said her blood pressure was rising. To, I hear you. All right? We take care of each other. Just relax. Go take a break. and uh, But don't get discouraged. This is... We have to keep pushing forward. And believe me, today I wanted to just—I wanted to just sleep today. Frankly, it was what a week. But on the phone, thank God, I have a friend here to help me. because uh, this is how we're going to get through it. We stick together, we win. This is the truth. So, uh, on the phone, we have Ron Placone is calling in, and let me hear. Let me see if I can unmute him. Ron. Hello. Oh my God. So hold on. So Ron <laughs> can be seen regularly on the Jimmy Dore Show, on The Young Turks. He hosts the world's first viewer-curated streaming news show called "Get Your News On with Ron," and he's been on SiriusXM, on TMZ, RT, Free Speech TV, and all so many other places. He's uh, he's at the barricades with the, with the the real progressives fighting for this country. So thank you, Ron. Uh, what is a, what is a curate of a viewer curated streaming news show?
8: So, uh, I've been doing a show for a little while now called get your news on with Ron and you know, you talk about like sticking together and, mm-hmm. and trying to like help each other out in the community. That was sort of like my idea with it. So the way it works is that instead of having a pre-packaged news show, um, I don't have any of that, and people tweet me exactly what they want to talk about, and we build the show together. So, like, people tweet me articles, like, when the stream starts, and that's how we build the show. So it's a lot of fun. It's uh, Some people have called it an improv news show. Some people have called it chaos.
6: And, (laughs) uh, yeah,
8: it's really cool. I mean – You know, it has some disadvantages because we can't... I mean, some people have pointed out you can't really go super in-depth with stuff because Mm -hmm. it might be my first time seeing something. Um, But, I mean, that's part of the fun of it. It's like we kind of unpack it together. uh, We have fun with it. We make jokes when it's appropriate. And then we... um, And it's pretty interesting because it can be really cathartic because we've discovered stuff together. Like, Mm -hmm. we've discovered... shoot, Like, there have been... I think at least two shootings that we've discovered live on the stream together. So I'm responding to it in real time. The viewers are responding to it in real time in the most, um, like kind of just the most um, honest sense. Cause you know, we, we had no time to prepare. Right. We literally found out about it on the spot. So, so uh, not that that's necessarily something to celebrate because right. we have so many shootings in yes. this country, but, but it's kind of just a, sort of communal way to, um, to engage with um, the news and what's going on in the world. And, and I think for a lot of people, it's sort of a therapeutic thing, myself included. Mm-hmm. So it's a really fun show to do.
1: Yeah. Well, I hear you hundred percent. This is, this show is like therapy for me. It really is. I always say that it's, it's yeah. therapy for the resistance, but it's really my therapy because, and it's also <laughs> what you're doing is great because it is building a community too and uh keeping us in the game because i i know that everybody has to take a break now and then and take you have to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. but this is really um an all hands on deck situation now in this country is that's my opinion I, i i know it's shared by a lot of People, even I'm seeing pundits, the regular on the regular corporate media saying similar things like this is and well, Michael Moore's movie just came out. And he was saying that and that that's it's alarming. Yeah. It's alarming. And uh, uh, I, go ahead. What were you say?
8: No, I, I was just going to agree with you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you 110 percent. We are at a really weird um, time in our country's history right yeah. now. And that's why, you know, even on the left, we have some disagreements on strategy. We have some disagreements on what we need to do next, because I I think for the vast majority of us, uh, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes. I mean, you know, because short of the people that survived the Great Depression, uh, I don't think there's ever been anything quite like this. I mean, yeah, we've had our moments. We've had we've had all that stuff. And I I can't speak to that stuff firsthand. I wasn't Mm -hmm. alive. Right. Um, (laughs) But I I think this is quite a turn. I mean, we're on the brink of 40 plus years of neoliberalism. It has brought this country to its knees Mm -hmm. and uh, we need our next FDR moment. And it's kind of a matter of how are we going to get to get there? Because there's a couple things we had in place then that we don't have in place now, and that's very alarming. You know, back then when it happened and we were suffering from the Great Depression and FDR became president, you know, you had a lot of strong well, – well, the biggest thing you had, you had an incredibly strong labor movement that mm-hmm. was growing and people would not be – people would not back down. Um, you also had socialist parties mm-hmm. that had a voice and had a presence. Um, for the most part, we don't have any of that now, but back then they had that and, and FDR kind of had to listen to them. So he went to his rich friends and he said, look, um, you guys are either going to have to give up some of your wealth and keep most of it, or you're going to lose all of it because these people are going to rise up. These Mm -hmm. people are going to strike. They're not going to work uh and we can't do this anymore so then what did we get afterwards we had a strong labor movement that lasted for about 30 to 40 years we got social security we got the weekend we got all kinds Mm -hmm. of uh pretty cool stuff yeah um even though the government was supposedly broke so you know and and of course it's a little more detailed but but essentially that's what happened um this time around we're we're in the same situation and you know we don't really have any of those things being channeled in as right. constructive uh, of or, or not, I don't know if constructive story, but as kind of, um, I guess, regimented of a way. And, you know, and that's why I've been more interested in uh, kind of out of the box things. You know, I, I'm more fascinated by, Uh, The strikes that are going on, because I I think we need just Mm -hmm. a nationwide strike. I I think that's something we need. Um, I'm fascinated by what the DSA is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really interested in just coalitions and alliances and uh, something that I think we all overlook, and I include myself in this, uh, acting locally. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, one of the things I got going on in my community in Pasadena, California, I'm pushing for municipal broadband uh, in the neighborhood, because, you know, net neutrality is a really important issue to me. I've been paying attention to it since 2004. Um, I'm a content creator, so this affects me mm-hmm. on so many levels, just like it affects you the same way, Tara, and, yeah. and, and everybody else kind of in our wheelhouse, Um And I think that municipal broadband is kind of the permanent fix for this, although I I favor net neutrality bills as well. We have a good bill here in California. I'm all about it. I'm 100 percent for it. Mm -hmm. I want to see New York do the same thing because that's going to hold the line in the short term. But, you know, I've taken that issue on because that is something you can do in your own community. You can fight for it in your own community. And, um, you know, all the things I talked about that I think we need in this country – if we don't have uh, a free and open way to exchange information which in 2018 is the internet right well then we're just we're just stopped in our tracks totally. for the most part and that's um, why they're
1: coming so, for it yeah that's why they're coming for it
8: yeah, yeah. oh absolutely mm-hmm. and, and so I see that as, as being where we're at and mm-hmm. um, you know and, and I do have some disagreements with, with some of the more uh, moderate, uh, centrist type thinkers, because the way I see it right now, um, thinking incrementalism is going to get us out of this mess. That that's kind of like, that's kind of like trying to clean a 12 story (laughs) building with a toothbrush. It's just not going to work. Maybe your heart's in the right place, but it's just not going to work. Um, so I, I think that's where we're at. And and we're, we're in a very, it's a, Man, it is a sexy time to be a conservative. I mean, it is just, I don't know, it must be a ball for them. It really must be. You know, I mean, uh, the way I say it, you know, if you're a conservative, uh, but you think gay people are human beings, you got mm-hmm. the Democrats for you. Right. Uh, if you're a gay person that still likes to go to the mega church on Sunday, you got the Republicans. Um, or if you're a conservative, <laughs> I mean, if you're a conservative, and you still take on Rand seriously, and you don't masturbate enough. You've got the libertarians, you know. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. they've got everything. Conservatives. I mean, this is a conservative wet dream right now, um, and yeah, but is that- that's just where we're at? I mean, we got to this point. Like we've incrementally gotten to this point over right. forty years.
1: But I don't think. I mean, well, Trump is a con man. So, and he he became president, despite receiving fewer votes by, by Mm. also um, promoting liberal, uh, policies like, uh, healthcare for everyone. And, uh, I mean, this was that, that's why he's, and also, um, uh, you know, with his trade policies and whatnot, but his, he's a, he's in it. He, but he will say anything and, uh to you know to trick people that's what because that's who he is he's not for universal health care that's why this country is not uh they always say oh it's a center right country this country was never center right it was just fucking racist that's what it is and right so but they want their social security they want their medicare they want their social safety net their unemployment they just think that they they deserve it and brown people are taking advantage they don't want to share that that's that's the whole problem you know with the republican party i uh i mean trump is not he has really showed us everybody just how how really uh empty they are for them to follow and you know well, you, you have the the never trumpers that they're you know like what's his name uh, steve schmidt and all them who I, I think they're more, you know, like the old school Republicans. Like, either because this new party, this Trump party, is, uh, it really is just a cult of personality for Trump. It's whatever he says goes. You know what I mean? So, what are we gonna say? Yeah, you know, I, I,
8: I agree with you some, but, but I, I think there's, I think it's a little bigger than that. I, I, I do agree with you that yeah, there, there's definitely. Trump has really excited um, racists, and he's really excited, um, you know, those types of mm-hmm. people. And, um, you know, he couldn't even denounce Nazis. Right. I mean, it, it's absolutely morally disgusting. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, right, right. There's good people on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was classic. If you were out um, there and, with and a tiki when torch. when you watch that,
4: <laughs> yeah, I
8: mean, you, you watch that, and it just makes your stomach turn. Um, but I think there's more to it than that. What, which, and, and you hinted on that, too. You know, what Trump did is he ran on this idea of a uh, of a right-wing populace, mm-hmm. which is an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. It's right. not real. What is a right-wing populist? a lot of people bought it. Yeah, it, it it's, it's fake. I mean, it, it, right. it's snake oil. It's another but con. But I think some people bought it, and I, I don't think they bought it because— they're racist. I mean for some people that was certainly the case, but not for everybody. I think well, for a for lot of people they were disconnected from the status quo big time. They were tired of, you know, getting their hopes up. Right. And then Obama was president for 8 years and their lives didn't yes. change. Yeah, and they um, and he ran I, on and change. And I think so and, they took yes. a chance on this guy. They they took right. a chance on Trump and you know, so I, I think it's no, one of I those things you. when you get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a weird thing, and, and Trump is a symptom of a much bigger disease. Right. Because just, the groundwork was laid for yes. something like him to happen.
1: Totally, and I agree. And, and that's
8: why, and that's why I'm I, I have such an issue with like, kind of taking an incremental approach because you know even if like like let's say they try to shove you know, a, a moderate Democrat down mm, our throat no. in 2020, which well, I think they're going to. Yeah,
1: they're going to try. Um, yeah,
8: definitely. That's why I want Bernie well, they're to run. Try. They might say, I mean, we'll see what happens. But if they do that, and even if that person beats Trump, which honestly, I, I think Kamala Harris would lose to Trump. I think Cory Booker would lose to oh, Trump. Yeah. I, I think, can't
1: stand Cory I believe Booker 110%
8: honestly. Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I don't like him Joe either. Biden, um, enough. I don't like Kamala Harris. Joe Biden, I mean, there, it'd be pointless to have an election. Yeah, it's just I mean, Joe like, Biden would get destroyed. Ugh, but, it's just so um, boring. You too. Know, but even if they even if they did, um, in four years, we would just get a worse Trump. That's yes. what would happen. Right, right. Um, so, so you need to really take a different turn. And this idea that if a fake populist was able to pull off what Trump pulled off, I think a real populist, whether it's Bernie Sanders or someone similar, um, could really have an opportunity to change this country. Now, that being said, change doesn't happen from the top down. It Mm -hmm. happens from the bottom up. Um, So I I do think we, like people on the left, um, they really do need to think like school boards and Congress and coalitions Mm. and activism and doing something in your backyard. Um, and I'm trying to practice what I preach with a, you know, municipal Internet agenda. And, you know, I, I've, I haven't really seen any success yet because there hasn't been a, an approved municipal Internet agenda in Pasadena, <laughs> but I'm trying. Yeah, but and, and I'm trying to game. win over people on city council. And, yeah, I, I'm working well, on good. it. I'm, I'm using every tool at my disposal, um, you know, Jimmy's been really supportive of it because he lives in Pasadena too. So, you know, he's been helping out and having that platform has helped a lot. Even Get Your News On With Ron has helped a lot. Uh, Mike Figueredo over at the Humanist Report, he's doing something similar up in Portland. So we've been trying to gather content uh, to help with that cause. And uh, and it's fun, you know. I mean, it really is. I mean, I'm, I'm not good. trying to, like, downplay it because it's very important. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that that people do this, and other people in their communities um, have been doing similar actions. I mean, out in you live where you live in New York City, there's um, there's an organization, and I, I should have looked up the name for it, so, so I had it for today, mm-hmm. but um, but you can find it what pretty easily it? online. They're doing mesh networks all across different neighborhoods, like they're doing a mesh network in Brooklyn, oh yeah, um, and a couple, I think Williamsburg. And what that is, is it's basically they have a super node and then they connect people online via different wireless networks. And then you bypass your Comcast and your at mm-hmm. And
6: great.
8: right now they are just a volunteer run collective trying to, you know, help solve this problem. And then, you know, if they take off in time, they'll probably get contracts all oh, across that'd the be country. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a website called muninetworks.org. Um, they are an actual organization based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and they go around to different communities in the country and they assess how to get a municipal project in your community. Um, I tried to get Pasadena to apply and they turned me down and I'm not sure why. I don't know why the city would have said no to it because Pasadena has so much potential mm-hmm. to do this because we have, uh, you know, we have JPL here in town. Um, which is like a big research hub. We have a wealth of universities. Um, you know, I mean this is where Oof. the big bang theory took place for crying mm. out loud. So it's it's a techie it's a techie town, so we should totally do it here. Um but anyway, I I don't wanna like So digress too far is saying, on that. My my point is
1: Mm-hmm. Go, ahead. go no, ahead. Somebody has a question that they're saying, so I can fight for net neutrality in my own area. Is it the that's Yeah, I mean
8: that that's essentially what you're doing. And you know, And now that being said, again, just to reiterate, I'm still for all of the other ways to fight for net neutrality, too, because that's how important of an issue it is. I'm for pressuring your elected officials to instill the CRA, which means Congress overturns the FCC's repeal of net neutrality. I'm for that. I'm for individual state bills. Those are all good. Like, you don't have to be for one or the other. You can be for all of them, and it makes perfect sense. The most basic way to explain it is that a net neutrality bill saves us in the short run. Municipal broadband in your community saves us indefinitely. Because what it does is it takes the Internet out of corporate power's hands, which it should have never been in in the first place, and it puts it in the community's hands. Um, Cities that have done this, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Sandy, Oregon, Tacoma, Washington, they experience the best Internet in the country at a reasonable price, and they don't need to worry about someone like Comcast uh, blocking out Twitter unless you pay $20 right. extra a month or, uh, you know, censoring and throttling content from creators right. that can't afford to pay a fee. Exactly. Like you and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to Tara, exactly. but with CNN and Fox news and MSNBC. They could. Yep. So that's where, where the issue comes into play. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, essentially the way to solve it. And that's something everybody can just do in their community and, you know, like like there's all kinds of other ways. Um, you know, I tell people, think about what your cause is and just kind of do it. And it could be municipal broadband. It could be fracking, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make sure there's no fracking in your community. It could be, um, you know, it could be just volunteering at a kennel yeah. once a week. I mean, really, like mm-hmm. um, I think people really need to – focus on making things better in their community because we got to act locally and build something from the ground up and, and kind of show the powers that be that we're frustrated and we're not going to take this right. anymore. Right. Um, well, that's the whole
1: thing. I, so. and I, I agree a million percent with the whole, um, you know, DLC it, l- neoliberalism brought us to this point, this, and that's, and mm-hmm. with, when you think about the, the 20, uh, when was it? You know, Obama. You know, when he got elected, his, his whole uh, mm-hmm. running on change, the, and that's what they did to the people. It was sort of like ping ponging back and forth. It was like, oh, we got change here. No, we got it. No, we got it. We got, it. and then we and mm-hmm. all the while, the working class is getting uh you know we're, we're' the we're becoming the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap, and people are working three uniquely American jobs to and no benefits no retirement it's, yeah. the, and so mm-hmm. that's why and for for Obama to run on change and this is why I understand that 's why people voted for Obama and then they voted for Trump because you see the um The promises were not fulfilled. So, of course, Trump is saying promises made, promises kept or whatever. But Trump is really, um, you know, definitely throwing a Molotov cocktail into this hole. I I mean, I was not for uh, Hillary. Obviously, I voted for her, but because I I didn't want to, you know, fight fascism. I was I was already exhausted, but I would rather push her to the left than fight fascism. You know what I'm saying? But and for Bernie. And I do believe that Bernie would have won. You know, and that and the thing that pisses me off about Democrats is, is what you're saying is the incrementalism, the oh, we can't get that done. You have to think b- boldly. And the other thing is, and I say it all the time, is that everybody in, nobody out. This is how they create dissension and division. When you start setting up hierarchies like, oh, uh, only people under $100,000, you could go to school We'll send everybody to school, uh, but because that's all we can afford, uh, you know. Unless you know a family who's making less than a hundred thousand dollars gets higher education, but then you have you know people with a hundred, who are making a hundred and ten thousand. They're all like, "Well, fuck that!" Like, and then they get resentful against people. Who are lower on the ladder. And so you have people, working class people that have more in common with each other, really at each other's throats. And this is, and I think it's, uh, this is what they do. They So we're fighting with each other rather than fighting them. And when you were talking about FDR, right. that's the thing about that time too, is that the people... Understood. They had just come out of the Great Depression. They understood who they were fighting against. That they were, and FDR was not afraid to call them out either. And even though he was, you know, one of the uh, one of the American elite at the time, he he uh, was. I think uh, he gave the New Deal, had a trial run here in New York. There, this was the only state in the union at the time during the Depression that had any form of social safety net. That was FDR. They, we had a uh, unemployment insurance was uh, tried here first. And, uh, you know, I mean, he really, even though he was one of them, he understood. I And mean, I think that's why he could uh, fight them. Whereas when I think about Obama – too. That's the other thing, I think, about him, because he... he. I feel like he was really trying to please them too much, too. He wanted to be all things to so all. Oh, horrible. very much. I mean,
8: that's... Yeah. That's yeah. an understatement. I mean, Obama, by his own admission, <clears throat> was a moderate Republican.
6: Yeah, I, I totally. I mean, by
8: his own admission, I mean, you can find the video of Obama saying that. I mean, mm-hmm. this isn't me. Oh, God. You know, I mean, they used to make jokes about it all on right. television, you know? I mean, w- which is weird. Now, on the kind of, like, establishment level... You know, you can't say a bad word about the Democrats. You right. have to bend the knee to the Democrats <laughs> right. because, you know, Trump is so bad. And they're not and, insane. Well, like, I understand. Exactly. I certainly uh. understand how awful Trump is. But, you know, just a few years ago, that wasn't the case. I mean, I remember on it was uh, on Stephen Colbert in 2012 when, you know, all the all the candidates in the primary over on the GOP side were like these fringe right wing lunatics, as mm. is, always is the case. Um, Colbert made the joke, you know, it turns out the only moderate Republican running in the race is Barack Obama. Mm. Um, <laughs> that was a good joke, an accurate one. True. And one that you can't make anymore. And I think that whole notion is very misdirected because uh, again, the incrementalism got us Trump. Mm-hmm. That's what gave us Trump. It wasn't, you know, Jill Stein voters. I mean, I voted for Jill Stein. It wasn't um, it wasn't people that, um, you know, it, it wasn't people that um, wouldn't bend the knee to Hillary. It, in fact, in fact, more Bernie voters voted for Hillary than Hillary supporters voted right. for Obama exactly. in 2008. Yep. And Obama won in a landslide. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't anybody to the left. It wasn't anybody's quote-unquote purity test, whatever that means. It was incrementalism failed neoliberalism, and when you have two parties that have the same owners. Right. Um, Exactly. So, you know, we're in a really tough situation right now. And, you know, and I think another thing that Bernie did is he kind of showed a lot of left-leaning people in this country that we're not as alone as we thought we were. Right. You know, I mean, in 2008, I... Didn't support Obama right away. I supported Dennis Kucinich because I liked Kucinich's policies better than Obama. Mm -hmm. But I kind of thought, you know, Kucinich doesn't have a shot. I need to support him in the primary so that I can let the, you know, whoever the nominee know that I support these kind of progressive policies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the country wasn't ready for it. Obama got it. And then he ended up, you know, he ran on a center left platform. He delivered a center right one. Yep. Um, at best. I mean, I, I would say yeah. maybe a right wing one is totally. accurate. I mean, he I gave mean, us he, Mitt Romney's yeah. health plan.
1: And he but, wanted to put social, um, he put social Security on the table. And that, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, that's a that's a, Oh, yeah, I mean, he, he
8: governed like a Republican. and But what Bernie showed us when he was filling up stadiums is that we're not as alone as we think. We mm-hmm. are a more progressive country than our representatives display um, we are not a country that deserves a fringe right-wing party and a center right-wing yeah, party totally we deserve yeah. a left-wing party we have the population for it um, and so now you have some people that think we got to hijack the democrats um, other people think we should start a brand new party um, I tend to lean a little more in the latter camp. I, right. I think that when you see uh, stuff like the DNC, when you see stuff like the DCCC, um, and you see the kind of corruption at the establishment level and super delegates, right. the Democrats have no interest in being that progressive party. That's why they have all these mechanisms in place to keep it from happening. Right. It's not, it's not a shock that the Republicans don't have any of these mechanisms in place, but the Democrats do. Why don't the Republicans? Well, because the Republicans don't need it. Right. The Republicans are the party for the 1%, and they make no qualms about it. They're like, we're the party for the 1%. If you're not rich, go fuck yourself. We don't care. Mm-hmm. The Democrats, ah, we're the party for the 1%, but we're going to be a little more subtle about it, and we're going to talk nicer. And don't worry, we got a few things in place to make sure a progressive takeover can't happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I kind of think it's time for a brand new approach in electoral politics. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping something works. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm rooting for the Alexandria mm-hmm. Ocasio Cortezes. I support progressives wherever they at, wherever they're at, and whatever's next to their name whether it's a D or a G or whatever else, mm-hmm. or an I, um, or even an R. There was, you know, Sam Ronan uh, tried to infiltrate the Republicans as a progressive. It didn't work, but yeah. he tried. Good luck. And uh, I would have voted for him if I would have lived in his district. So, you know, I, I think that's sort of where we're at. And for me, because the electoral politics level of things seems so, well, is so frustrating – um you know i've kind of wanted to focus more on uh direct action type initiatives right. no, because good. when when you do stuff like that you kind of get beyond the tribal mentality of it all and you're really trying to answer the question well how can we kind of fix the mess we're in how can we make this a better country um and uh i think that's kind of the only way we're going to get out of this mess
3: well
1: i think it's good to it's good practice to get involved at the local level and See how everything is really working, and you know, it gives it's a good experience to have too. Uh, regardless of the outcome, I hope you succeed. That's for sure. But you just never give up. I mean, that's really how you win. But I'm actually on the other side. I do. I think I'm more on the. We should infiltrate the Democratic Party. I know that. I know that um, the Democratic Party obviously is. That's the problem. But uh, it's. it's we here, you know, I live in, uh, in Alexandria, or Ar- Arcasio Cortez's district now. And I, I think mm. it's funny that, um, I, when I, after she won, it was a big shocker. Even to me, I voted for her, but I, but I was, my God, like a socialist one. I've, this is the first time. Yeah. Here, right. And, um, And you've been to my house. You've been to this neighborhood, and it's not like some left wing neighborhood. And that's the thing that they were saying on the on the news. They're like, "Oh, it's well, that's just that one district. It's really left wing. This is a family neighborhood. There's families here that have lived here since the '50s. There's, uh, it's just a regular neighborhood. There's a very it's a very diverse neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's It's not like some college. Neighborhood—it's not necessarily a young neighborhood. It's really not. That's why I find I found it pretty funny that they were saying, "Oh, it's all these uh, left wingers live here." It's kind of old people live here, and um, I live in a in a yeah. co-op that's been here since the '40s. There's people that have, you know, families. I, I, it's it's really there are other neighborhoods in New York that are really young and have um, like and Brooklyn and whatnot, Park Slope—they have a different demographic, a, a, a more like a millennial demographic. That's not this neighborhood, so yeah.
8: it's sort of like. Well, and, and don't get me, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not against any of what you just described. I'm not against. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm 110 for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. and you know, a lot of people that are dem entering, I'm totally supportive of what they're doing because right now this is the only option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I am saying is. You know, I went to D.C. when the Convergence Conference happened, which was a conference to try to convince Bernie to start a third party. Um, mm-hmm. I went there because I thought that that was, I mean, it was just time for some radical action. It right. was time for an out-of-the-box approach. Um, I really did feel that way, and I still do. Bernie said no. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm totally, I mean, I understand that if you want to run for office, you, you kind of don't have, many options right. and and in most cases you're going to have to run as a democrat now are, are some people making some waves going outside the system yeah that's happening too you know you know you got tim canova doing what he's doing in florida i would love to see him pick off debbie wasserman schultz oh, yeah. he's running as an independent now because Oof. they cheated him the first time mm-hmm. they cheated him and destroyed the ballots mm-hmm. that that happened mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, even in in New York City, Tara. Oh, I mean, I there know. was some really yeah, yeah. shady stuff Absolutely. that went down. The first time ever I, <laughs> in New
1: York that there's ever this kind of weird anomalies and people not being on the rolls. It, that was the first time that ever happened in New York.
8: And yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and I there mean, was some woman something actually going on here, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's very ugly. And and it, and I think that you know. WikiLeaks kind of taught us what kind of organization the DNC really is. And I, I know a lot of people that have been loyal Democrats their entire life. They, they're, they're kind of wanting to hold on to it and wanting to believe it's still the party of FDR. But for someone like me, you know, I'm a millennial. Um, I've always as, – as long as I've been paying attention to politics, I always knew I was pretty to the left and I wasn't really represented on the ballot. Mm-hmm. But you know, I always just sort of thought, well, the Democrats are the clearest glass I got compared to the Republicans, right. which is you know still in some ways true. But my point is, I've never felt any type of uh, connection to the Democratic Party, and, and and it's only gotten worse. So I think in a lot of ways, you know we kind of just have one party and it's the money party and we got two wings of it, the Democrats and the Republicans. Right. And, you know, the idea of hijacking a party is not an impossibility, but I mean, again, there's all these hurdles that exist that it's a lot harder for us to do what the Tea Party did to the Republicans. Mm. It's a lot harder for us to do that on a number of reasons. The first reason being that was a fake grassroots movement that was funded by the Koch brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, The second reason being they didn't have a lot of the things in place that Democrats have. So, and there's a reason for this, you know, the status quo is very conservative. That's just the reality of it. Um, And a lot of the people that look at the state of the Democrats and think there's nothing wrong, um, they are conservatives in denial. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just definitionally what they are. There, there are people that are, are labeled progressive that right. are not oh. progressive at all. Now they if, call if you Obama liberal, against, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I mean, if you're against living wages, if you're against single-payer health care, if you're indifferent to fracking, if you're um, indifferent about the war, if you don't give a hoot whenever they pass a defense budget, which, by the way— that's why we don't have the things other countries take right. for granted because we spend so much money on war. Mm-hmm. If you're indifferent to all those things, uh, if you're against free college, um, you're not progressive. You, you can't say, "Well, I'm cool with abortion and I'm cool right. with gay people." That's it. So I'm progressive. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. You are. You are actually like a lot of conservatives at this point because a right. lot of conservatives are cool like with that Like the young stuff. Republicans. Not all of them. You might a as well- lot of them are still <laughs> holding on to those. You know right-wing social issues but so it's just one of those things and and I know it's um it's sometimes a a tough thing because it really kind of thumbs and nose at the status quo that we've had for so many years but that status quo is broken and doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is You know, literally the definition of insanity.
1: Yeah, but I think, like, somebody like Alexandria – Alexandra Orcasio-Cortez and Bernie, like, they they showed us that it is possible to infiltrate. Yes, but there is – of course, there's a lot of hurdles, but they didn't take outside money, and that's how they did it. And she went door to door, Mm -hmm. and – that's really the wave of the future. So she goes into the Democratic Party with uh, the moral high ground and showing them this is how it's done. You don't have to be a corporate uh, puppet, basically. And she's she, she had a completely grassroots-funded campaign like Bernie. So I think that's mm-hmm. more of like a way, I don't know, you know, I mean, that's whatever. That's a-
6: Well, and again,
8: I'm not, like when I'm saying this stuff, I'm not saying it to be discouraging towards her or anyone like her. I support her. I support Mm -hmm. Tulsi Gabbard. I support Bernie Sanders. Um, I supported a a lot of candidates Mm. that Dem entered. Um, I'm actively supporting Maria Estrada out here in California. She's Dem entering to try to pick off Anthony Rendon. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she's not shy about pointing out the significant problems of the Democratic Party. And that's how you do it. And, you know, the problem I see in the structure is, you know— you know, I, I, I talked to Rokana uh somewhat and he's uh he's a representative out in um in the San Francisco area and he's a pretty good progressive. You know, he's he's I don't agree with him hundred and ten percent, but for the most part we're we're on the same page on uh nearly all the issues. And, you know, when we talk about just the structure of the party and some of the issues of the party, you know, I say to him, I'm like, ro the way it should be working is that the establishment should be coming to you, and they should be saying, how do we keep our jobs? Mm-hmm. And you should be telling them how to keep their freaking jobs, because you should be telling them the people are pissed, the people are uprising, this, the, these non-existent platforms aren't going to cut it anymore. The Democratic Party as a whole does not have a platform. Their platform is Trump's awful and we're not Trump. That is literally their platform. You can't beat anything by just giving people something to vote against. Mm -hmm. The only time that works is if your opponent is literally a pedophile, as Doug Jones taught us. Mm -hmm. Doug Jones was such a terrible candidate. He beat a pedophile by less than two percentage points. (laughs) So unless you are running against the most despicable of humanity – uh, you have to give people something to vote for and not just something to vote against. Right. So what should be happening is the Nancy Pelosi's of the world yeah. should be going to well, the Ro the of yeah. the world as yeah. far as elected officials. And they should be they should be saying, what do we got to do to keep our jobs? Right. Uh, and if that was the way it was working, I'd, I'd have a little more. Um, I guess I'd have a little more faith in the system, but. That's not the way it's going. So we got to figure out a way uh, uh, how to make it go that way. And, you know, I think it's via a different party. I'm I'm totally open to the idea that I could be wrong. Um, I'm totally open to the idea that I might not be able to find out. I mean, there's a good chance I'm not going to find out. Yeah. Well, so I, I got to hope that them entering works because that might be my only yeah, – that might be I, our only option. Well, but, I, just,
1: um, I just think that the Demo- – like doing it that way, you could, just because the system is is broke. We know that. It's money in politics is the root mm-hmm. of all evil, and I think that if the Democratic Party ran on that platform of getting money out of politics and everybody in, nobody out policies, that that's that's a winning strategy. But there are – um. Uh, contenders that are actually entering the Democratic Party, as you're saying, with those, with that, with those, that platform, they're they're infiltrating it and they're winning. So mm-hmm. I, I I think oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. a, it's, a it's, third party to
8: be is
1: going to the, what a third party does is just like it just because of the system we have, it just picks off voters and we end up with Republicans and deeper in the shit than we. Than than we began because they, they are all of the, the damage that Trump is doing that we have to clean up. Not only is it, does it suck? It's, and yeah, it's, we're going to be digging ourselves out of this hole for generations. What Trump is doing, it's beyond, it's worse than if, if of course, if Hillary was the president, there would, we wouldn't have to worry about uh, um, you know, losing our health care. Of course, there would be frustrations. Who the hell knows? Uh, we would not have to fight for net neutrality. We'd, ha- we'd be able to at least progress a little bit and maybe push her.
8: I, I actually don't share all your optimism with the Hillary presidency. Um, wow. I, I think certainly she would not be as severe as Trump. Um, as far as net neutrality, I, I do not assume that would be safe under her. We almost lost it under Barack Obama, and Tom Wheeler didn't want to do the but right we, thing. The public made him do the right yeah, thing, and that was that. Um, the so worst. We
1: won at that point, yeah. and he, you know, not having the FCC chairman is uh, open that up again. It's the thing that is so annoying you know to put it mildly about republicans is that we constantly have to fight the same battles again and again and again we, we never really win because you can never take right a break. And,
8: and you can and, never... but you know the reality that we both have to address here going on this example uh ajit pai was introduced into the fold by barack obama uh, he wasn't the head under Obama. Tom mm-hmm. Wheeler was, who was also a lobbyist, but he was introduced to the poll right. well, by go. Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst media deregulation in our lifetimes happened under Bill Clinton. Right. So well, I, I, I always rail have... against that. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I do too. And and so uh, that being said, I don't have confidence um, that all of the things you mentioned would be safe under a Clinton presidency. Yeah, I, you're I, right. I, I mean, don't. The,
1: but, but. – it's, it's definitely not safe under the, uh, well, the fascists not. that I mean, we have. And especially if this Kavanaugh gets on the court, the, that's the end of Roe v. Wade. That's the end of – I mean, and women are going to die. This, and this is the thing, with, even with, with uh, health care, not having Hillary as the president, yeah, it's not universal health care, but it's health care and you're here we go again fighting for pre-existing conditions and fighting to for <laughs> people to keep the fucking gains that we that we incrementally made and i uh you know this, there are the consequences are i mean honestly i just feel like i wish it was just the republicans had to pay the price for the the policies that they inflict on us but it's decent people too it's good people who uh you know th- who voted in the majority, and uh, anyway, it's uh yeah,
8: yeah. No, I'm with you 100. I I don't disagree with you on how terrible this administration is. It is absolutely repulsive. The thing that I think we need to work on in our messaging, um, and you know, like, and when I say we, I mean like everybody, is that these are just Republican policies. Like these, this is how bad the Republicans right. really are. Trump is no worse than George W. Bush. Um, And so we have to recognize this is how disgusting one of the political parties in the United States is. How did it get to be that disgusting? (laughs) Well, I think part of the reason it got to be as disgusting as it is is because it had nothing opposing it. It really didn't have anything Mm -hmm. opposing it. And
1: you had sometimes um, you had when
8: we hear the word bipartisan in our politics
1: makes me Bipartisan
8: is of it. code for the, well the bipartisan is code for the Republicans have a shitty idea and this time the Democrats are going to help themselves. Right, it. But we
1: got to compromise. What bipartisanship we, means. We, yeah, and Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean so it,
8: it's really yeah. so my thing is, you know, my thing is thinking about it is, well, if if we had Democrats at least, we wouldn't have to worry about this this and this happening. I, I think that's kind of and, and I understand that there's a lot at stake here, but you have to have a real opposition. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to have worse Trumps four years from now and then worse Trumps eight years from now. And then in time, a quote unquote Democrat is going to look like Donald Trump and a Republican is, uh, I guess, going to be a, a literal Nazi. I mean, really, like, like, right.
4: well, I hear you. I hear when that. You
8: keep We'll so of- what I'm saying is, and it, and I think that you know, I, I think that as far as the third party goes, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we would just be, we would just be sectioning off the votes, and we would just be doing this. I don't know if it would work out that way. I mean, I, I think that in time, um, and again, this is a long road. But you know what else is a long road? Infiltrating the Democratic Party. That's also a long road. Yeah,
1: but I don't think um, it's as long. You know, a lot of
8: progressives have.
1: Huh? I'm not sure if it's as long like like right now they're the Republicans. The one of the things that are is coming up on this court will be the Endangered Species Act. This that this we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't be dealing with this in uh, if the Democrats were. I mean, the, the fact is the Democrats. Yes, the Democrats suck. They're not as bad. They don't let you dr- starve in the streets. I get it. For years, I was saying we need to really hit bottom. That both parties suck. This is bullshit. And honestly, it's on some level. If you want to look on the bright side, Trump is uh, given us the opportunity to 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 t- really truly change things for the better. But I all Trump I'll, has
8: woken people up.
1: Yes, yeah. it's woken Trump people has woken people, up. people yeah. up. Yeah, but it's also you know I think about the people that will not have health care will not have uh mm. access you know i think about the animals the bears that get shot in their sleep now because trump undid the rule that uh, that barred hunters from shooting hibernating bears uh, it's the the vileness of uh, is beyond compare and plus he's a moron he's an embarrassment he can't fucking spell every uh, uh he's a hothead he's a narcissist it's yeah he sucks and um
8: yeah,
1: and and, um, and he's no. Go ahead, sorry, only he's no minutes. different
8: than George W. Bush. Well,
4: um, yeah, George I, W. Bush I mean, was a
1: moron too. But this, he's take this is, he never went out and called women pigs. He never. You know,
8: I mean, no, but he started. He started in a legal war that we're still suffering the consequences. Yes, of. but there's. I, also, mean, I mean, Bush that's started in a legal war open, that we're still two, in.
1: Exactly, but that's two different things. You know, one. There's, of course, Trump would is a warmongering asshole too. So I know, and I know, you know, Hillary was supposed to start World War III. We we heard or whatever, but. Uh, you know, George Bush well, never got mean, on Twitter and threatened, uh, you know, to nuke to nuke uh, a country into oblivion. So <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, I don't know.
8: <clears throat> well, I mean, we only yeah, have two minutes. I, so. anyways, the way Trump presents himself is disgusting. There, there's no, you know, no protest from me here. <laughs> My point is, Trump is a symptom of a much bigger disease. And that diseases our entire political system. So, you know, we need significant change, and it either needs to happen via hijacking the Democratic Party, via a whole new party altogether. And and in the short term, uh, people really need to coalesce in their community. Mm -hmm. We need to have progressive alliances, similar to what Gal McLaughlin, if you're familiar with her, she's out in uh, Richmond, California – she started an alliance in her community and some people, they ran for city council. Other people were just straight up activists and they ended up getting Chevron out of town. Right. Chevron wanted to drill there. They, uh, they gelled and they said, no, Chevron, get out of town. And they won. Right. They well, this is how State we say,
1: we have to stick together and we only have 45 seconds. What do you want? Do you want to plug your show and
8: whatnot? Where can we find you? Yeah, sure. Check me out on uh, RonPlacone.com, Twitter at RonPlacone, and uh, get your news on with Ron. Goes on every Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific nice. Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Ron. I and I know we will do it again. And thanks for the great conversation. And uh, all right, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang. On Always on a pleasure, Tam. All it. right, great I'll to talk you. to you later. All right. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye. So there you go. This is, that's what we deal with. We have to, you know, this is the conversation that we're having as Democrats and uh, how we move forward. And, all right, so we have 10 seconds. Please buy some merch at the RDT Daily Store. And like I say, we stick together. We win. I will see you next week. I'm Tara Devlin. Have a good week. Try to stay sane. All right, guys.